0: Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 23. That's a familiar one. Even though it does talk about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It isn't really about death. It's about life. It's about, uh, the, you know, David starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, does he not? So, you know, he's talking about life and how to get through life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me, as in God maketh me, to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Is that good? Still waters. See, you probably were around some waters that weren't so still today. How about you? Were you? Yeah? You know, sometimes we work in environments where it's stressful all the time. Anybody ever work there? Yeah, I have. He restoreth my soul, verse 3. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake the funeral verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's not even about death. It says walk through, not camp in, not go there and die. It doesn't say anything like that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now look at this verse. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see that? You know, what, you know, managing to get through life and, and follow Jesus in this life is, is learning what that verse means. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that commercial where I think they, they, they blindfold this guy and they bring him into a room that's full of things that smell bad, but they've sprayed some kind of air freshener in the room, and, and if they ask him what it smells like, and he goes, it smells really good in here, then they take the blindfold off of him and he sees how terrible it was and what horrible smelling things were all over the room, but he couldn't smell it because of the air freshener, you know? We are supposed to be walking with the Lord in a way that, uh, that, that we don't notice our enemies around us. You know, we're supposed to be walking in peace and not paying attention to what the enemy's doing. You know, he said, I prepare a table, a banquet before you in the presence of your enemies. You know, they could be in the middle of the battlefield. They're sitting around and, you know, you're at the table with your napkin and your excess silverware and too many plates and lots of really good food. And you're completely at peace. That's how God wants us. He wants us to get there. Okay, now, you don't get there in one second. You learn that 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 peace belongs to you. That banquet in the midst of your enemies belongs to you. Now, notice he didn't set you, he didn't say, I'm going to take you to a tall mountain where there aren't any other people and set up a banquet. Did you notice that? He said he's going to set it up right in the middle, right in the middle of the battle, right in the middle of the war, right in the middle of the people who don't like you and don't like the fact that you have their job in their mind. And don't like the fact that you are prettier than them or handsomer than them or younger than them or anything, or have a better car than them and they don't like your house. All right? They, they don't like you. They don't want you to succeed. But you know what? If God is with you, and now I want you to understand something, He doesn't treat everybody like this. You understand that? I, 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 uh, our, our son Jake gets better treatment from us than most people around us. Do you understand that? And, and Well, that's not fair. Sure it is, yeah, because he's ours. And he's our responsibility, right? But we don't really think about it as our responsibility. We kind of go overboard sometimes, don't we? But, but, but <laughs> we don't mind that because he's ours. I, 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 I love, I love uh, uh, Teresa and Hannah, Diego, but I don't treat them, even Mark, I don't treat them better than I treat Jake, okay, because, because it isn't because I don't love him. It isn't that I wouldn't do anything for him. It's just I, you know, it's Jake. (laughs) See, see, this is how God looks at you. See, see, that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, 1 Peter chapter 2. You don't have to turn there, but I just think about this. It says you are a chosen race. Well, let's just change that. David, me, is a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a person of God's own possession. Do you see that? Yeah. See, that's how he looks at you. See, see, in, in we'll get to Isaiah uh, uh, fifty-four eventually. But it, it, it says you are mine. Amen. See, see, the, there's a there's. There's several places in the word where it says God is a jealous God. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of tolerance for you if if you're if you're drawn away from him to something that isn't him. All right? And and it isn't like he's going to be mad. He's just like, "Oh no, 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 no. You're mine. Come back." you see that? See see he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love according to Jeremiah 31. He loves you with an everlasting love, and that verse says, and therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. You see, see, God drew you to himself with loving kindness, not with threats, not with anger, not with if you don't, I'll get you. No, 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 none of that. It just says, the word says, that he's drawn us to himself by pouring out loving kindness on us. Well, if if you're paying too much attention to the enemy and what the enemies are doing around your banquet table, then then you're gonna miss what he's pouring out and all the good things he's doing for you, okay? I mean, it's all about our focus. It's all about what we're paying attention to. It's going on whether you see it or don't see it. If you're one of his kids, then he loves you with a jealous love and he's drawing you to himself with loving kindness, whether you see it or don't see it, isn't his fault. Because if you're watching the enemy, because there's your table, it isn't on the mountain, by yourself, or with your best friend. It's right there in the middle of the battlefield with the enemy surrounding you. I didn't make this up, it's, it's right there in the Word. you see that? When my, uh, when my, my, my dog was, uh, when we first got him, actually I think it was the very first night we had him, and, uh, and he was just a little puppy, you know, and, and uh, he's seven years old today. Isn't that crazy? How is that possible, you know? They grow up as fast as your kids, I think. Um, the, it was, we had a terrible thunderstorm. A terrible one, right? And and uh, I, I, it 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 uh, was the wind was blowing, the ha- the 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 rain was going like sideways, you know what I mean? And and the thunder wouldn't stop. And Jack's at the door, looking at us like I need to go out, like now. And we're like it's bad out, and you're just a little puppy, and and he's just looking at us with these eyes, like, and they're getting bigger and bigger, and you're like, okay, we will let you out, but you'll be sorry, and he he ran out like it was a perfectly wonderful sunny day. He did his business and came back to the door like, "Why didn't you let me out sooner? This would have been so much easier." He didn't pay any attention to the lightning or to the thunder or the rain or anything else. He acted like he didn't even notice it. And we're like, he still isn't bothered by noises. But but I, the, the the point is is that you know life's got all sorts of stuff going on all the time. All right, and and we can get drawn away. We can get all involved in it. We can start feeling all sorry for ourselves because of the circumstances we're in. You know, why did God have to set up my banquet table with all the enemies around me? You know, yeah, you can do that if you want, or you can just pay no attention to him. Because, uh, like I told you, we'll get to Isaiah 54 eventually, but the word says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. All right, so that means you don't have to worry about the enemy. You don't have to worry about what's going on. You don't have to think about what's going on because he's got you. i i uh, was in Bible school, so I was thirty-ish and uh, I, I had a job at a, a psychiatric hospital for children and adolescents and um, one day in the as I'm leaving school, a song of uh, I can't remember what the song was, I wish I would have written it down, but a song about deliverance, and a song about uh, God being the victor was just bubbling on the inside of me. I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of it, you know what I mean? It just was there. You know when you have a, that song that you wish wasn't in your head, you know? I, I, I was complaining to uh, one of our, our uh, trainers at the gym about a song that he had played. I said, that's in my head, and I wish it wasn't. He goes, yeah, well, try try being at my house and having Baby Shark in your head. I'm like, yeah, you're right, that's worse. But, um, <laughs> but, but this song just was in my head, and, and finally I went home, and I, I had it on a CD, and I played it on the CD, and as soon as I played it, I just felt, I gotta play it again, so I played it again, over and over and over and over. And w- when I got to work, one of the kids was out of control, and uh, they were probably about 10, and a 10 year old stronger than you give them credit for. And uh, we had these big, heavy, solid wooden doors, and uh, I got myself into a place, and this 10-year-old slammed one of those doors on these, these two fingers as hard as he could push it. And those, you know, in those commercial buildings, are big metal frames and those, those doors, You know, it's a real sharp point. You know, sharp edge on the door, and and you know what? You know what came out of me? That song. (laughs) I almost started laughing, and it looked it looked just terrible. You know, it just looked terrible, and uh, and uh, I. But see, see, the table's prepared. The table's prepared in the presence of your enemies. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. You know, we, we just got to go, okay, God, this is you and me. Here we go. So, so they made me go to their whatever emergency care thing, whatever. You know, I went over there, and the doctor looked at it, and he goes, oh. When they look like that, they're always broken and it just came out of my mouth. I wish I could have taken it back. It was too late though. I just said, no, it isn't. <laughs> and he he gave me one of those looks. You understand. You understand I shouldn't have said that. But I did. It just popped out of me and and then and then he goes and x-rays it and he comes back and he just looks at me and he goes, It isn't broken. I'm like, mm. Yeah. He goes, and then it did it again. Oh, then he goes, "But it's really going to throb and it just popped out again. No it isn't." And he just he did it again. He just looks at me like He goes, "I'm giving you a prescription anyway just in case it does, okay?" And so so i i went and actually, about by then, it's starting to look a little better. You know, it took a while, a couple of weeks for it to go away. But you know, it never, it never hurt. One time of that night, it did throb one time, and I went, "Uh, uh-uh, no." And it didn't do it again. But see, 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 I, I'm not more special than you. You understand that? You understand that? He he'd do that for any of you. He'd do that for anybody. And 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 because. He already prepared the table. There's some healing on that table. Amen? Amen. Turn over to Exodus chapter 8. So we have Moses, and Moses got sent. You know, he grew up in Egypt, and then he left because he killed somebody, and then God sent him back there, and he's like, well, okay, I'll go. He didn't want to go. And, and God told him what to say, and he's like, I don't want to say that. You know, he's kind of like us, isn't he? And, uh, but he's there, and, uh, and God starts putting plagues on the Egyptians so that they'll let his people go. But, but if you look in chapter eight, um, chapter 8, chapter 9, other places, but we'll just look at chapter 8 real quick here. All right, look at verse uh, 20. Now the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you do not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and on your servants, on your people and in your houses and the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they dwell. Don't you hate it when the flies are right there on the ground and they land in your legs and yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But on that day, look at this, verse 22. But on that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, that's where the Israelites lived, where my people are living, so that no swarms of flies will be there. You see that? Now here they are in in the presence of the Egyptians and their banquet table set up in Goshen. No flies there. Now, if they went down to where the Egyptians lived, they'd have had flies. But if they'd have just stayed home. And then in chapter 9, verse 22, he started, you don't have to look there, but he's, you know, he says it's going to hail. But verse 26, only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel are, there will be no hail. You see that? See, now, God loves everybody on the planet, but he treats his kids better than he treats The devil's crowd you understand that now the bible says he put he sends rain on the just and the unjust he does but but you know it's just like jake i i treat him better than i i i treat you know the neighbors (laughs) i'm nice to the neighbors we like our neighbors but i still treat jake better see that's how god looks at you he he just gonna treat you better and, and, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that, that talks about, you know, we're not appointed to judgment. You see, the judgment didn't fall. The judgment didn't fall. Now, they could have gone down to where the Egyptians were. They could have gone down and hung out with the judgment crowd, but they could have stayed home and stayed away from it, you know? Stayed where the banquet table set up. Hmm. Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2. You know, Peter was writing to the church, writing to believers, trying to help them because they were struggling. There was persecution going on in the church. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible says in the book of Acts that a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. That doesn't sound like a good thing. A lot of people were smart and then left. That's good. Get away from it. But uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, We'll start with verse 4, but verse 4 is not really relevant to what we're talking about. But verse 5 is, and it kind of flows out of verse 4. So just hang with me, all right? We're talking about the difference between how God treats his kids versus those who've rejected him. All right? All right? We're talking about how he sets up a banquet table. He doesn't take you away from the enemies. He doesn't take you out of the world. Do you understand that? Somebody... Uh, Brother Hagan told us this story in class one day. He said somebody came to him and asked, you know, how do I, uh, can, can you pray for me that I'll, I'll stop having trouble with the devil? And he looked at him and said, well, you want me to pray for you that you'll die? <laughs> 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 they told him no. They didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, in this world you'll have tribulation. You know, it's going to be around your table, okay? It, it is you can't help that part but but you don't have to participate in it you don't have to walk in fear you don't have to be anxious you don't have to 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 live like you're about to be overtaken by it because the bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper are you in second peter verse 4 for if god did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, when he brought the flood upon the world. You see how he didn't treat Noah, the righteous man. He didn't treat him the same as the unrighteous. Do you see that? All right. Verse 7, skip a little bit. And if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Verse 9, this is where I really wanted to get. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and how to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. You see that? He knows how to rescue you from whatever you're facing. Whatever you're surrounded by, whatever enemy you might be surrounded by, he knows how to rescue you. In uh, 2002, I think, I had just bought a new car. Uh, A new-to-me car, but it was new enough, you understand. Uh, It was just two years old. And, uh, and, And that was like the worst winter Tulsa's ever had. Uh, we had the longest snow cover in the history of the city that had been recorded, 60-some days of s- solid snow cover. That never happens down there. If you've ever lived there, you know they don't even have winter, hardly. So, uh, and they ran out of salt long before the 60 days was up, and they just—they were just throwing sand everywhere. And uh, I was on, on uh, the Broken Arrow Expressway, and I was driving toward church and somebody just came out of nowhere, and I kind of jerked the car to get out of his way so he didn't hit me, and my car started spinning. <laughs> and and as I look out, I, I can see now I'm sliding sideways, and I look, and there's a pole there, right? And uh, and I, I just shouted out, Jesus! And... Bump, you know, hit the pole, and then the pole fell on top of the car, and and it's it's almost comical because like just about every, you know, a car is divided into panels, and almost every panel was dented. There were very few panels. I think there were only three panels that didn't have dents on them by the time this accident was all said and done. But but you know what, the the when the police got there, and you know, I'm fine. You know, I. Like I said, it was just boom. Uh, when the police got there, you know, they're, they're using their, their, those little things that roll, and they're measuring skid marks and doing what they do. And he goes, yeah, you hit the pole going about 35 miles an hour. Well, 35 miles an hour is almost twice as fast as a human being can run. And if, if you think about running into a wall or a pole, Going twice as fast as you could actually run, this is not a good thing. But what I felt, I'm not making this up, what I felt was like you bumped me to get my attention. That's all I felt. I didn't hit my head or anything. I didn't realize it, though, until the officer said that, that when I called out Jesus, he was right there. My poor car, though. That was not, it was not pretty, trust me. But, but you know what? I, 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 you walk away from that just in awe of how good God is and how much he cares about us and how much he, he, he's right there. You know, the word says he's an ever-present help in trouble. Now, we may feel like he's not there. We may feel like he's not close by, that he's far away. We may feel like the, the ceiling's iron, and he's not hearing our prayers. All right, you know, we can get all feeling sorry for ourselves and all mopey and sad and E or E and you know what I mean. Or do you never do that. You just sit there and don't react and no one will know you ever, ever done that. But my point is, <laughs> see, see, he's right there. But, but, see, we can start looking at the enemy. We can start looking at our circumstances. We can start looking at that really hard place that you have me working, God. Uh, all right, you ever done that? I have. Uh, um, you can start, you know, wishing that, you know, you can start telling the Lord, you know, how bad your house is that he, that he gave you, and why didn't he give you a nice house? Like, you know, somebody else, and, and, you know, I heard so-and-so's building a new house. How come we're not building a new house, God? And we can just, oh, oh, we can work ourselves up, can't we? So that verse we just read, it says, you know, God knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. And so we can look at our life and we can go, well, my, you know, we can look at our life and say something like, my life is really hard, so I must be under punishment or judgment. Really? You think that's it? No, seriously. The Bible says that God's not holding your sins against you. Doesn't it say that? If you're one of his kids, so that can't be it. And and if you really want to be honest about it, if if the, the difficulty of our life was a measurement of how much God loves us, then, then God really didn't love Paul very much. You know? You know what I mean? You, you, you know, Paul, Second Corinthians, you know, he starts talking about how many times, five times he received the 39 lashes, three times he was shipwrecked, he was beaten with rods, uh, you know, he was in danger on his journeys and, and naked and blah, 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 you know. Right? So God must not have loved Paul very much. If, if that's the measurement, but it isn't the measurement. See, see, Paul said all that stuff. See, Paul knew he was sitting at the banquet table. He said, I'm more than a conqueror. Right. I think from the outside looking in, you'd have been like... No, but see, Paul knew what he was living. He knew what he was experiencing. He knew all the people who were getting saved and all the people that were getting healed and the people, you know, when he was in his meetings and he's like, you, stand up, you know, on your feet, cripple guy, boom, healed, jumping, running. You know, he, he knew the victory he was walking in. Yeah, all this stuff was going on around him, all this stuff, you know. Shipwreck wasn't his fault. He tried to tell him. He didn't even say, I told you so exactly. He kind of, sort of, kind of. I would have, for sure. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Can you turn there? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. We know this verse, these verses, don't we? Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. You see that? So Paul, who experienced all those things, says, "For for momentary light affliction—that's what he called all that stuff that happened to him. I don't know if I received the thirty-nine lashes five times if I'd have been able to say that, but Paul did. The Lord, just—you understand? The Lord just helped him. The Lord, just—you know—they stoned him and he jumped up alive. You know, he just—he just—he just refused to." to give the enemy anything. He just didn't. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison. When we look at, when you see this? When we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, and the things which are not seen are eternal. You watch in the temporary or the eternal, guess what? It's your choice. Nobody can help you with that one. I can encourage you all day up here, and I will encourage you, but I can't make you do it. I can't make you not focus on your fingers that are not broken. I can't make you do it. I I can tell you what God did for me, and I can tell you a bunch of stories of other people I've heard, but but we have to make that choice. Where are we going to put our focus? What are we going to keep our eyes on? Turn over to, uh, turn over to uh, Psalm 68. We're just going to jump around here a little bit, and I, I hope that's all right with you. And then we're going to go to Isaiah 43. So if you want to, you know, get ahead, you can put a finger in Isaiah 43. Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord, look at this, who daily... Bears our burden. You see that? He didn't just show up once in a while. You know, Jesus, Jesus said, each day has trouble of its own. We know that. So there's a burden. There's stuff going on. But, but, but he's right there with you. He's right there helping you. You just got to see it. Keep going. The God who is our salvation, verse 20, God is to us, I love this, this is like, God is to us a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Do you see that? See, he's a God of deliverances. He's a God of deliverances for Rob, who, have you been in war? Not Not exactly, but he's in the military, right? So he could be. He he he's a god of deliverances from you know from from the people that 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 Phineas works with. <laughs> yeah, <he is. laughs> uh, I'm just joking. But but no. He he's the god of deliverances from the neighbor who doesn't like you and from the relative who doesn't like you and from the dog that didn't like you. I mean, he's the god of deliverances. Yeah. I love that. I could just just Kind of camp right there I just get excited about that because you know what he, he all of us you know we can be if we're going to be honest God's brought us out of something all right if you've been walking with him at all very long he brought you out of something and if he hasn't brought you out of it completely he's trying to get you out of it completely because that's what he does he he's all about getting you where he wants you to be not because it helps him you understand he's trying to help you and 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 he doesn't do that for for the people that aren't his kids. He does that for his kids because he's trying to help you, trying to get you to where uh, you can walk in the blessing and you can walk out his will and feel fulfilled and feel satisfied. Psalm 91 says, With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation see he doesn't want you to just leave this world sad and disillusioned and and i wish i could have done more no he wants you to be satisfied you know he wants you to get to that finish line and go yes i did it i finished my course and now i'm gonna go see jesus and 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 just be done but see we got to cooperate with him So so he's a God of deliverances, so we got to hook up with him and let him deliver us. You understand that? You know, there's probably not a person in this room who's 100% there. If you are, come and talk to me afterwards. I want to know how you did it. All right? But but there's probably not a person in the room who's 100% accomplished. He's a God of deliverances, and he wants to deliver you. So just let him. Just cooperate with him, okay? You know? I love this, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. I told you Isaiah 43. Did I say that? I love this. This just makes me happy. This one, this one is. This one just makes me happy. So I'm getting real happy here. Isaiah 43, starting with verse one. But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. We won't go into the big doctrinal thing, but you're Israel. So just, he's talking to you, okay? Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame hurt you. Keep looking here. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Now look at this. It gets interesting here. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Verse 4. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. Now you might look at that and go, well that's that's hardly fair he's He's giving you better treatment than other people, right It's not fair because you're his kid, and it doesn't have to be fair. all right No, no no, no he says I'm going to give other people in exchange for you in other words, you know if, if it comes down to uh, you know who gets the promotion, you know the the devil's guy or your, or you it's going to be you if that's God's plan for you, because that's just what he does. He, he's going to f- give you favor. That's what favor is, isn't it? Isn't it favor something that isn't merited? Okay, right? You know, we don't earn that from him. He just, you're his kid, so he loves you. He's going to give other people in exchange for you. Uh, other people are going to get the short end of the stick, and you're going to get the big one. You know, that's how this works. You know, he's going to bless you and not bless them. Well, is he not going to bless them at all? Does he not care about them? Sure he does. You know, for God so loved the world. He was not willing that any should perish. You see that? But but you know what? They're not calling out to him, and you are. They're not asking for his help, but you are. They're not walking in faith, sitting at that banquet table in the middle of the enemies going, Lord, you see them around me? I am looking to you and trusting you because this don't look good. All right? And, and so you get favor, you get blessed, they don't, you do. That's just how it works, because he loves you. Say it, he loves me. Say it again, like you mean it. He does love you. Do not fear, verse 5, for I am with you. You know we have a we have a covenant relationship with God. A covenant in the blood of Jesus. A covenant, or a, it's it's a legal document. It's a it's a legal relationship, right? Uh, there's a man side and a God side, and God has bound Himself to this covenant in the blood of Jesus. You know you know people are like, well, I demand. No, we don't demand anything of Him. But you 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 have that right, because it's legally yours, the man and God relationship, and there's a man and a God side. But God has committed himself to be the God of deliverances. He's committed to support you, to help you, to save you, to rescue you, to provide for you. The list goes on and on. To heal you. Well, what does he ask in return? Well, for starters, he asks that we commit our way to him, doesn't he? He asks us to receive him, first of all, to receive him. As many as received him to them, he he gave the right to become the children of God. We enter into that covenant relationship. He commits himself to it. We commit ourselves to it. It's a dual commitment, And, and once we're in, we're in, and then he starts doing his part. He's going to save you. He's going to rescue you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to help you. He's going to do what He promised to do. This is familiar. Turn over to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You see that? Isn't that good? I mean, that is one of those verses that, that, that you know, we just have to look at and say, you know, God's watching. He cares. You remember when, when, when Moses was in the desert and he saw the, the bush burning and, uh, you know, he, he saw the flames, and he saw that the bush wasn't being consumed, so he went up there. And, and what did the Lord say to him? He said, first of all, he goes, I have seen the misery of my people, and I've heard their cry. You see that? See, see you think he's far away, he's not far away, he's right there. In him we live and move and have our being, Right? You know, he, he strongly supports the whole world in a lot of ways, but he strongly, or I should say this, he supports the world in a lot of ways, you know, he sends rain and blessing and whatever he can do, but, but he, the word says he strongly supports those who are his, those that are his kids, okay? So, so, you know, it's not like he doesn't support the whole world, he does, but he doesn't strongly support them, he strongly supports his family, his kids, Right? You know, you don't have to turn there, but Galatians 6, 10 says this. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. This is Paul writing by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Let us do, all, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are the household of faith. Do you see that? See, there, there's degrees in this thing. Does God bless the world? Does he love the world? Yes. Does he support us more? Yes. And get this. We're supposed to act like it. Do you see that? Look at it again. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do you see that? You know, there's opportunities that rise up all the time, and, and we can be a blessing to people, and we should be, especially to those of the household of faith. Do you see that? Meaning those fellow believers. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 4, we know that. It says, be anxious for nothing, right? Actually, before that, it says, the Lord is near, be anxious for nothing. He's right there. You're sitting at the banquet table in the presence of your enemies. The Lord is near, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, God wants you to have peace in the storm, just like my puppy had peace in the storm. (laughs) You remember when the disciples were out on on the sea and uh, the storm came up, and where was Jesus? Asleep. He was tired, but he was also at peace. He wasn't ruffled. He knew he was going to be all right. But the disciples were in a panic. They woke him up. But Jesus, you know, what did he say to him? He's like, where's your faith? Kind of like asking, what are you looking at? Where's your focus? <laughs> what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Do you not trust God? Do you not trust me? You know, uh, uh, we, we can... We can walk in peace. You know, Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, when I was a kid, I memorized that verse. You know, no temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation, what? Also make a way of escape. Isn't that what he does? isn't that what he provides for us? He's the God of deliverances. He's going to provide in temptation in trial, in difficulty he's going to provide a way of escape. He's going to make sure you have a way to get out of it all right I've been sued twice my I, the first time I, I I have to be honest, I went into kind of this panic in my head and and I called my attorney friend uh, that I, I went to college with and, and he started laughing. I was like, what? He goes, do you know what percentage of, of lawsuits actually ever come to anything? I said, no, and I don't remember what it was, but it's a very, very small percentage. And he goes, I really don't think you, you know, I kind of told him a little bit about it. He goes, I really don't think you have anything to worry about. They just named you in it because they're just being spiteful. And, and you know what? It came to absolutely nothing. And the second time I got sued, it came to absolutely nothing. You know, they were both work connected. But, you know, the the point is is that he's going to provide a way of escape. He's going to provide deliverance for us. That's what he does. That's who he is. That's his side of the agreement. That's his side of our legal relationship. He's going to provide for you. He's going to help you. He's going to rescue you. That's what he does. So, in Matthew 14, you guys know this, of course, Peter, when he walked on the water. But we, we're going to take a look at that just for a minute, if you would. We're, uh, we're running on, on uh, the clock as fast, but that's good. Um, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the, Jesus made the disciples get in a boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out and walk on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter jumped out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus, but he got his eyes off the banquet table and onto the enemy around him. Do you see that? All of a sudden, he's walking on the water and it, and it, and it says he, he saw the wind, in other words, he saw the waves and the water splashing and the clouds and he forgot about where he was and, and who was with him and that Jesus was told him to come and he started sinking and he must have started slinky, sinking slowly or else Jesus was really close by by the time he started sinking because it says Jesus grabbed him and then they walked back to the boat. But, but you know what? If, if we lose our focus, you know what? We just have to get it back. We just have to catch ourselves and say, no, okay, stop, I'm back. I know what I need to look at. I know what I need to pay attention to to, and and do it, amen? Talking about the difference between the way God treats his kids versus the others in the world. um, Revelation chapter three, he's talking to the church of Philadelphia here. And uh, verse nine, it says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. You know, the enemies that are surrounding you, someday they're going to acknowledge that God was with you. Someday they're going to acknowledge that God was the one taking care of you, that God was the one who was helping you, that God was the one who rescued you, that God was the one who was with you, and they're going to acknowledge it. I mean, the word says every knee will bow and every tongue confess. But the word says that God's going to make them come down to you and acknowledge that he was with you. See, see we get ourselves and, and we can start feeling sorry for ourselves and, and in a really tight place and, and get frustrated. But you know what? God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't let go of you. He hasn't uh, abandoned you in any way. He's right there. And he's going to make sure you stay on track. You know, he's going to make sure that, you know, the the word says that he is able. Amen. He is able to deliver us. We just got to let him do it. Turn over to Psalm chapter three, and we're going to close with this. Psalm chapter three, we'll start with verse one. Oh, Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him and God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God. For you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Isn't that good? You know, he's got your back, and he loves you, and, and he's never going to let you go. Jesus said that, you remember? He said, all that the Father's given me I have, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. You know, you're not on the edge of losing it. He's right there with you. Just turn to him. Just realize where you're sitting at the banquet table in the middle of the storm. The storm's all around you. The enemies are around you. But you, you can live in peace.